Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is Madeleine Ernst on the topic Scaling Neonatal Metabolomics to Population Size. So good afternoon, and first of all, many thanks for uh, the invitation today. Um, it's a great pleasure to, so, to show you some of the work we do at uh, SSI. And uh, so my name is Mandeline, and uh, very recently, since very recently, I am heading the Metabolomics Research Group at the Danish Center for Neonatal Screening. And so my talk today will not be so much about specific research results, but more about our group's vision and the big potential I see in population size metabolomics methods to um, fundamentally change our understanding of health and disease. And uh, so our group's main study objects are um, neonatal heel prick samples, which are routinely collected during the nationwide newborn screening. Um, and all of those samples are then stored at uh, the National Biobank, which I'm sure Lasse will tell you more about, is one of the biggest and most advanced biobanks in the world. And so currently there are over 2 million um, of those neonatal heel prick samples in the biobank, um, which corresponds to about half of the population of Denmark, and of course provides us with uh, very extraordinary possibilities for um, population size uh, metabolomics research. And um, so we can link um, those samples to um, diverse demographic and health-related uh, data in the Danish registries. Um, so our group's uh, vision is that at some point we will have metabolomics methods that are good enough that we can predict individual disease risks and outcomes, um, giving rise to an improved understanding of um, disease risk, um, how we can predict it, but also how we can prevent it. Um, and we think that um, metabolomics uh, methods uh, will be key to developing such predictive models. Um, why? So um, analogous to other omics sciences, metabolomics is defined as the measurement of all small molecules a human body um, synthesizes, metabolizes, ingests, or has come in contact with. And with that represents um, uh, many important key factors that determine our health. And so such as in the proteomics field, we use mass spectrometry-based methods to uh, measure the metabolome. And uh, the fragmented molecules provide us with a unique fingerprint um, that we can use to identify a chemical structure. Um, for example, by uh, screening to public data repositories, um, analogous to um, how you screen nucleotide or amino acid sequences. Um, in big contrast to other omics sciences, however, um, where uh, the chemical building blocks um, consists of a few amino acids or nucleotide sequences, the chemical space um, of 
the small molecules is vast. It's namely estimated that there is over one um, decillion possible um, carbon-based small molecules. And so this fact um, poses uh, huge challenges to the chemical structural identification and biological interpretation of metabolomics data. And um, so this is also why um, metabolomics um, platforms, community-driven platforms are um, extremely important. And uh, so, sorry, I have a problem with my screen. And so, and so one of those um, community-driven uh, metabolomics platforms for data analysis and sharing is uh, um, uh, emerged in more recent years in the US and it's called GNPS. And uh, so GNPS provides uh, researchers uh, worldwide um, from diverse scientific areas with an interface where they can exchange and collect data on small molecules. Um, so on the one hand, GNPS um, collects information on small molecules in a wiki-like fashion from the community, but also it provides um, different solutions to um, data analysis workflows that can, can enhance um, the chemical structural um, information uh, we, we retrieve. And so I have uh, worked uh, with the group that has developed this platform um, at the University of um, California during my postdoc and have also co-developed some of the computational workflows available um, therein. And while um, the platform is not yet um, optimized for the handling of um, person-sensitive clinical data, um, we already have applied some of the workflows available therein uh, in-house to um, our data from um, the neonatal heel pricks um, with what I think are very promising results, um, some of which I'd like to share with you today. Um, so, in fact, there is uh, yet very little known what shapes the neonatal metabolome and what metabolites um, we detect in the neonatal heel prick samples. And uh, so for that reason, we assessed over 100 um, pregnancy exposures in a cohort of over 600 um, uh, heel prick samples uh, and their effect on the neonatal metabolome in collaboration with our colleagues at COPSAC. And uh, as the time is very short, I will only show you some uh, results um, uh, as examples. Um, so what we could observe, for example, is that there is an extremely strong trend um, based on the season of birth, um, meaning that uh, babies born in summer differ metabolically uh, very strongly from babies that are born in winter. And so we started to hypothesize why that could be and um, what metabolites would drive this strong seasonal trend. And so by using computational data analysis workflows and um, community data on the GNPS platform, we were able um, to see that eventually some of those metabolites are related to the seasonal uh, consumption of uh, fruits um, by the mothers during pregnancy. So as here exemplified by a bunch of molecules that are commonly found in citrus fruits and are mostly found in babies that are born during the colder season where this uh, type of fruits are typically, typically also available in Danish supermarkets. Um, among the same lines, we found uh, pesticide structural analogs, which are commonly found in fruits and vegetables, mainly in babies that are born during summer um, and autumn. 
And this could eventually be related also to the seasonal consumption of these fruits or vegetables by the mothers. And sorry. And so this uh, finding um, for us, uh, the, this insight gives a very um, nice starting point, we think, to, for example, assess the relation of those exposure-related metabolites to seasonal disease outcomes. But I think it also shows um, uh, very nicely how it, why it is so important to share this data, um, as we would never be have been able to identify those molecules were it not for a food or environmental chemist um, who uh, shared um, his or her data uh, in a public repository. And so in the same way, um, we also assessed all of the remaining uh, 100 uh, pregnancy exposures. And so what you can here see is each uh, exposure represented as a colored dot and exposures that are related, connected through lines. Um, and here, all of the exposures that had a significant effect on the neonatal metabolome um, highlighted. So we could see um, that uh, many exposures um, shaped the neonatal metabolome, such as the proximity to rural areas, um, antibiotics use at birth, but also antibiotics use um, during pregnancy, um, the mode of delivery, or, or also other factors such as the mother's BMI and some um, maternal nutrition uh, during pregnancy. Um, and uh, so to us, um, this uh, shows really um, that the metabolome has great uh, potential to um, assess environmental exposures at high resolution, but also to assess these exposures um, in, in relation to diverse disease outcomes. Um, we namely also found that the metabolome um, is, uh, is predictive of um, diverse disease outcomes. So for example, um, based on the metabolome, we can predict the number of days a baby is hospitalized. So as a next step, we could eventually um, try to see which of those uh, exposures um, have an adverse effect on the metabolome and if we can define that lead to a uh, healthy metabolome and which of those exposures have an adverse effect and eventually lead to disease. Um, so just to summarize briefly, um, by using the computational workflows and data uh, provided by the community on the, on the GenePS platform, we were able to significantly increase the chemical structural information and uh, subsequently uh, the biological interpretation of our data. Um, however, this was really only possible um, because we could make use of data that other researchers um, shared. And uh, so we really think that in the metabolomics field, um, those uh, sharing platforms will be key to advance um, our knowledge. Um, of course, uh, we are in the clinical field and data sharing is not always um, so straightforward. Um, and also, of course, the question arises um, how personal, how much personal information is contained in the metabolome. And uh, so to give you a, maybe a bit a provocative example, um, that I just like to leave in the room and maybe um, open for reflection uh, before I close my talk. Um, so we also assessed those diverse env environmental exposures and their effect 
on the mother's um, blood metabolome. And what we could see is that we actually can get a quite uh, surprisingly high insight into diverse lifestyle habits, um, such as the BMI, the age, uh, diverse consumption of uh, food products, alcohol consumption or smoking habits, proximity to rural areas, uh, whether the person had pets or not, um, but also um, diverse uh, social circumstances such as um, education and income. And uh, so for that reason, I really believe that um, a specialized, so the establishment of a specialized platform um, that can uh, in a secure manner handle uh, clinical metabolomics data, but also allow at the same time the fair um, data sharing with the wide metabolomics community will be key, not only to advance um, the clinical metabolomics field, but also to advance personalized healthcare and diagnostics in general. And uh, so with that, I'd like to thank all of our collaborators that make our work possible, um, especially everyone at COPSAC that's involved in a specific study, uh, my group at SSI, all the funding agencies, and of course, uh, to you, um, many thanks uh, for your attention. Thank you very much.